I don't know how you know that, but I'm just going to assume terrible things and move on with my day. There's no happiness at all to be found in that movie. So of course I liked it. Sorry, Blackfish, but good luck in the ocean. And I'm getting emotional over Be Our Guest. Ah, you're a dork. Yeah, nerd, yeah. Things happen and it goes on far too long and there's a lot of fog and I loved it. Did I say Fabrizio? Hello everyone, welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net with more jackassery than a meth lab full of chimpanzees. Uh, or any one branch of government. I'm Eric Marner. <laughs> and I am Eugene Weaver. And how are we doing this evening? Uh, doing quite well. i just getting a bunch of stuff taken care of, cleaned off the plate, and uh, just today was kind of a catch-up day. I've been pretty busy, and so just getting stuff done today. So things are good. Things are real yeah. good. I was doing that too with uh, Movie Freak stuff, actually. Oh, yeah? Just, okay. Yeah, getting reviews written for the page and getting this organized and that organized and other behind-the-scenes things that I'm uh, working on. Uh, Movie Freaks related. That uh, We'll see what happens with that. Nothing yet, but I always like to try and expand and uh, into more different things to get Movie Freaks' name on. Let's put it that way. Perfect. I like that. I'm always up for more, more of the freaks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm on the usual yet again, because I just can't help myself. What about you? I am uh, finishing up... Actually, I'm finishing up last week's bottle of The Hunter. I uh, It won't see the end of the evening. So... Do you have something else lined up after that? Or? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, um, Canadian Club is next up. I'm trying to change it up. Is that good, I think? No. <laughs> yeah. Ah, you're fine. I'm sure it'll be... Tolerable. Yeah. <laughs> I actually contemplated for a second. I'm like, you know, I haven't had Canadian Limited in a while. Maybe. And I'm like, no, then the better, my, my better judgment, it's still there. It's like, no, dude, just, just no, come on. I'd be lying. I'd be lying if I didn't say I didn't think about it in the last couple of weeks because, yeah. because it's cheap but i was like no no i can't do it yep there's I other things break. that are yeah that are the same price that are better so why you know yeah so uh, yeah. okay are you ready to get on with the show let's do it hi ho hi ho yes off, we've got off a to lot the show we of go. stuff to cover tonight yes we do but as always we're going to kick it off with the roulette where we dive into the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems and last week it was steel dawn up <laughs> against metamorphosis and it's my turn to go first this week. Steel Dawn, a post-World War III swordsman, uh, Patrick Swayze, because, of course, defends a desert widow and her waste treatment farm. And Brian James is in this movie, too. Remember him? Yep. Oh, yes. Blade Runner. Uh, <laughs> this this shouldn't take too long to review. I, I'll give this one a passing thumbs up. I enjoyed watching it. I think you would enjoy watching it. It definitely nice. has that charm of that time for that kind of movie um it's a smidge too long and it's there's a lot of plot holes and ridiculousness in it but who cares it's just these guys putting on rags trying to do their own kind of mad maxi thing with with no cars and everybody has a shiny looks like a piece of steel that they call a sword Really sad looking, weird. Uh, one of my favorite things was towards the very end when he goes off to the final showdown, 
and he is getting all strapped up like Commando and clicking this and putting his uniform on and his weapons, and he puts on the sheath for the sword for the first time. He hadn't done that before. And it goes on his side, and he puts the long handle in first, and the blade sticks up between your arm and and your side, your ribs. So as he's walking, it's just like, flip, 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 right back and forth, and he's got to keep one arm out. Okay. <laughs> it makes no sense. I, I laughed so hard at that. Um, yeah, if you'd walk with that and just even stumble a little bit, you'd either you'd cut be... your arm off or stab yourself in the ribs. Or... <laughs> and he just had that one arm cocked way out and zip, zop, zip, zop, zip, zop. <laughs> so was this kind of a Mad Maxi type uh, thing? Well, it was trying to be, but it's yeah. not. It's, I mean, he Patrick Swayze wanders around in the desert and chops people I mean, with his sword sometimes, but he doesn't want to be a soldier anymore, but he gets pulled back in. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <sighs> so, Did, was the quality even remotely good? It was for people like you and me. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yep. Yep. I, I say keep it on, give it a watch. I, I'll say this: I, I didn't like it. I don't like it as much as Space Hunter. Space Hunter is a better post-apocalyptic kind of thing. I guess I don't know if that is the right way to describe that movie, but that one is way more zany, and th- this one's just a, a lot more dry, even for a desert movie. Gotcha. But it still definitely had its laughs. Okay. Did, did it look a bit okay? Yeah, yeah. We, we get the picture, I guess. <laughs> Steel Dawn. Da dun. I'll watch it sometime. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. You should. Metamorphosis. Metamorphosis, directed by George Eastman. That's George Eastman. The one that we've joked about before. Yes. Uh, the uh, cannibal mutant thing in uh, Anthropophagus. And, yeah, he's just... Yeah, it's George Eastman, you see. Um, so Metamorphosis is about this scientist, genetic scientist guy. He's working on a serum to stop human aging. Um, and, of course, he... Uh, takes it himself because there are skeptical people out there trying to raise the money. Just typical storyline. Injects himself into with it and then he uh, turns into a, uh, a, a unconvincing villain guy thing and it's so ungodly long at an hour and 30 minutes. Like, uh, and uh, this is back in the good old days, you know, this 1990s at the tail end of the classic 80s but it feels 80s, uh, but it if it should have been at least 15 minutes shorter. Like a, a Roger Corman runtime uh, would have helped, and even then, it's just not. It's not bad Italian good. Does that make like because it's Italian? It's not yes. one of those bad Italian goods. Like I like I love the uh, House of Witchcraft and House uh, of Lost Souls. Like those bad but cool movies from that from that era. Actually, yeah. I'm going to get into a couple more of those era Italian movies tonight, but this one here was the same time. I think it was a Film Mirage movie, which these are all these Film Mirage movies from the mid late 80s, early 90s. And this one here, just there's not enough gore, um, and it's too long, and it's uh, it could have been cool. It could have been really cool, but by The being, trailer looked on the level, for sure. Yeah, but by, by being cool, it should have had way more gore. And a shorter runtime. It just, it drug on, like, conversations. And I'm like, really? We're watching a guy that is going to turn into a creature and kill people. Let's get on with it. Right. Um, so I I was able to sit through it and like, okay, you would probably hate it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll wait to hear what you have to say about it on when you buy the import the, to Blu-ray. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. But for now, meh. stick to acting, George Eastman, I guess. Um, but was it a total? It wasn't a total hateful. I oh, hated this. No, 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 no. It was. It was it, honestly. It may have been on the level of Steel Dawn. For I, mm. I, I don't know. I was just. I was expecting from Italy from that time era, and then when I found out the director, I'm like, okay. Uh, no. It should have been better. But it's a one and done. I probably won't watch it again, but or maybe I will. But Famous anyway. last words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you ready for the next round? Yes. Okay, first up for you, Beyond the Gates. And I'm really excited about this one. I think this one looks really cool for being a, a very low-budget affair. Two brothers closing up a video store owned by their missing father finds a mysterious role-playing game that turns into a desperate bid for survival. Uh, the Mars Generation is a documentary. Self-professed teenage space nerds at space camp chase their dreams of traveling to Mars while experts reflect on NASA's history and future. And lastly, The Package. On This is on ones on Voodoo. From 1989, 109 minutes, a career army sergeant is assigned to take a prisoner from Berlin to Washington, D.C. When his prisoner escapes, he finds himself in the middle of a conspiracy whose masterminds want him out of the way. But here's the selling point. 1989, Gene Hackman, Joanna Cassidy, Tommy Lee Jones. That's a good I cast. think that that ups the ante on that quite a bit, and I am looking forward to watching that one. Okay. All, I mean, all three of these, actually. Yeah, that's a, that's a good list there. Okay, and heading your way tonight. First up is The Barbarians from 1987, directed by Rogero Diodato of uh, Cannibal Holocaust. So there's that. Is this um, the one with the twin mu- yes. muscle guys? It looks, okay. it looks impossibly awesome. I, I want this oh, one. Oh, I was going to say impossibly awful. <laughs> oh, the, the, if you don't pick this one, if this ever is released on Blu-ray, I'll buy it sight unseen just because it's the cover is these two jacked up steroid pumped uh in real life brothers uh David well, Paul twins. and Peter yeah David Paul and Peter Paul um <laughs> they're warriors conquerors and heroes and all you need to know is that it's called uh the the barbarians and the, uh, I'm on IMDb here and the picture of it says the barbarian brothers as the barbarians I'm like oh okay so that's kind of like uh manos the hands of fate so that's well, hands the hands you know, of fate I, I, <laughs> I vaguely recall them trying to, like, this was their 15 minutes, and so they were going to own it, and they would go around, we're the Barbarian Brothers, and they were in a lot of Barbarian things, I that think, maybe? could be, yeah. yeah. Richard Lynch is in this, too, um, which, you'll, I'm not sure if you know who Richard Lynch is. If you'd see him, you'd be like, oh, that guy. He's, mm. oh, that guy. But, oh, um, put, him, put him on the wheel of cinema. Yes. So, anyway, um, the Barbarians. Next up okay. is National... Bird. I think this one sounds good, although uh, probably a bit heavy, but that's okay. Um, this is a documentary. A drone whistleblower interviewed about borderless. Um, sorry, here borderless information gathered by the government. So this is going to be drone warfare documentary, and I'm. I think I know where we both stand on dro- dro- drone warfare, but mm. sounds very interesting. Last. Uh, but not least is a movie that I believe our uh, our friend Stephen Miller quite liked, and that is Slow West, and that is on um, Vudu as a uh, a freebie. 
which is nice. Uh, the reason I included this is, one, our friend Steve likes it, and two, uh, John McClane directed it, and it stars Michael Fassbender, uh, which that immediately ups it, and it... Um, it genuinely, I, don't, I watched the trailer, it really looks like a good movie, and it's only an hour and 24 minutes long, so a fast-paced, hopefully, western. A young Scottish man travels across America in pursuit of the woman he loves, attracting the attention of an outlaw who is willing to serve as a guide. There you go. <laughs> Hang on a sec. He's in here. And here we go, folks. Here's the uh, tending to the kids downtime on uh, Movie Freaks. Sorry. Wife was calling the dog, and the dog was trapped in my office. Oh, I thought it was... When he, when he hears that kind of whistling, he, he knows that food has been dropped. Mm. And so he was like... <laughs> gotcha. Here, I thought it was a kid. Oh, he's down here, too. Uh, oh. Anyway. You have put me in quite a pickle. I saw that Slow West and I got real excited. I'm going to run and watch the trailer, and the trailer looks amazing, except for 5% of it, where there is Cody Smith-McGee, McPhee, whatever his stupid name is, with his stupid face, and I can't stand him. That's got to be him, right? Um, mm, it is, and he's top build. <laughs> oh, and he is awful in everything. I can't... He's one of those actors that just bugs me. He just, okay, I have to see what else he's been in. That's... Um, oh, the road. Oh, the road. He was okay. crying a lot, and he was Nightcrawler in the last X Men movie, and he was in Let Me. In. He was a kid in Let Me In. Oh, oh I don't like him, and mm. that makes it really hard because I don't want to watch that Barbarians movie first. Ah, Rogero Diodato, you see, that's <laughs> your alley. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna take Slow West. No. See if he can act. I don't know what he's doing. I guess maybe he can. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. He just... I look at him and I'm like... <laughs> Is that kind of a um, Wes Bentley type thing? Kind of, yeah. Mm. Kind of, yeah. Except uh, Wes Bentley truly can't act. At least I don't think so. <laughs> we'll be discussing him later in the show, mm. as a matter of fact. Perfect. Um... Yeah, slow west. I guess I'll I'll take that one. Okay. Um, and for me, uh, I'll tell you, uh, you threw three solid picks my way. I gotta say. Um, and while I do want to take Beyond the Gates, I actually think that I am due for a documentary. And that Mars Generation sen- sounds really good. And I saw that Neil deGrasse Tyson is in it, and uh, um, uh, science guy. Uh, Bill Nye. Bill Nye is in it too. I'm like, you know what? I'm in the with this week in politics. I'm in the mood for some smart people talking. So Mars Mars Generation <laughs> Just wins this out. week. <laughs> yeah, for the past hundred ten some odd days. Yes, it's going to be Mars Generation tonight. Let's do something. Smart. All right. I'm kind of surprised. I would have put that one third. Is what I thought you would have picked. Yeah, I haven't watched a doc. Well, actually, I've been watching some documentaries at the, the theater I work at. But I'm like, I want to do another. I haven't done a documentary on the roulette for a little while. So Mars Generation for the win. That sounds. It sounds like an uplifting, positive type thing. All right. Okay, there you have it. Next week it will be Slow West up against the Mars Generation. The past and the future converging in one episode. Yes. <laughs> Stay tuned for epic epicness. Nah. Yeah. Okay, and with that, let's move into our fourth and final round of our favorite movie per year since we were born, of our lifetime. I still haven't found a good flowing title for this segment, but we're going to wrap it up tonight, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. 
And then we can get back to not just listing movies for a half an hour. <laughs> it's fun, though. Yeah, it is. But especially this this is where it got fun, I think, because there were a lot of movies I hadn't seen that were in like up for Best Picture and stuff. And I'm like, well, I kind of feel bad picking this thing, but I haven't seen a lot of these movies, so whatever. This is what I've seen. Yeah. Oh, and I get to go first. Great. Um, okay. 09 was a tough year for me because there's one movie that I've been saying should win have won Best Picture for years, but when it came right down to it and I got a chance to rewatch a couple of these films more than, you know, just once, I kind of changed, well, I, don't, I shouldn't say I changed my mind. I either one of these flip a coin, but the one didn't hold it didn't hold up quite as well. Uh, but honorable mentions: Inglorious Bastards, Coraline, Fantastic Mr. Fox, uh, the Star Trek reboot, Watchmen, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is a great film. I love I that movie. It's great. Uh, and the one that, man, I really had a tough time, but I demoted it, and that is Moon. Mm. It's a great film. I, I love that movie, but on rewatch, I brought it down a peg, because this was also the year that The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus came out. And Ooh. I think I'm going to have to give Imaginarium the edge, just for being such a wholly unique vision. Not only just because it was Ledger's last... Well, I don't know. I think there was another one he had a part in, but it was one of his last performances, and I love the, the backstory of those three guys coming... It was Johnny Depp, Colin Farrell, and Jude Law coming uh -huh. together to finish his role. And it and worked. I, it genuinely worked in that movie. It does. It, it's it's magic. Yeah. That is a solid movie. Yeah, that's one that you talked me into watching, and I'm like, wow, that is that's, that was a great movie. Yep. We both own the blue, own the Blu-ray of that. Yep, -er. I need to watch it again, too. There are a lot of movies that I'm going to mention tonight that I'm like, ooh, i got to watch that again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, over to you. Okay. Um, runner-ups. You have you stole a couple of my runner-ups, mainly Inglorious Bastards and uh, Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek, I will never forget the first time I saw J.J. Uh, Abrams' uh, rebooting of the Star Trek franchise uh, in the theater with my wife. I, I wasn't expecting that we were on vacation actually and um and i was a big star trek fan back then uh, but i wasn't expecting it to be like that it was like this is kind of star wars of the new generation kind of almost and it, it was so so good and it still holds up i still think that it's probably the best of the three newest ones that's what i was just about to ask which is the best and i would have to say the first one still yeah. is i think yeah. it holds up really well it does and another runner-up, uh, first time falling from first place to second uh, in this series is Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Wow. Um, and that's only because of my... I made fun of you last week? Is that... Yes. <laughs> well, Sorry. no, actually, it's because of, of my absolute love of this movie, and it is one of my favorite horror movies of all time, and that is Ty West's House of the Devil. Oh. Um, ooh, I missed yeah. that. Shit. Yeah. Uh, that is, um, to date, I think the best example of how to properly make a movie that feels like it comes straight out of 1983 or whatever. It's like that genuinely feels like a movie made back then. If you'd slapped 1982 or whatever on there, I would believe it. I could, I would totally believe that. Um, and it's genuinely frightening and the slow buildup, everything about it works. Everything about House of the Devil works perfectly. I agree. Man, 09 was a good year. Yes, it was. Oh, Very wow. good year. Yep. Okay. 
2010. Let me see here. This was another year where I could have had two that I was going back and forth on for the best pick. But because of plot holes in the one, I decided to go with the other. But Predators gets an honorable mention. Yep, I think same that's year. Awesome yep. movie. Unstoppable. I, it's kind of weird maybe to put a Tony Scott movie on there like that. That's just kind of an action movie. But I think that's a fantastic movie. Ghost. Listen carefully. Ghost Writer. Not Ghost Rider, not the comic book movie, Ghost oh. Rider. <laughs> That's Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski. Excellent film. I got the Blu-ray, and I still haven't rewatched that one, but I, I need to. Uh, Black Swan. Uh, a year where we got a Darren Aronofsky movie and a David Fincher movie. How great is yeah, that? Social right. Network. Uh, also awesome. This is going to my number one runner-up, and that's Inception, just because some of the plot holiness of it... There, I mean, there's a couple of... It, it's weird. Try, trying to wrap your head around everything going on in that movie, it, it just breaks your head. But I'm going to have to give the best movie of 2010. I will never forget watching this. I was going to pick up my future wife, was returning from a trip uh, up in Cleveland, and so I had to kill some time. And so, oh, I'll go to the theater. Oh, that's playing. Well, it's getting terrible reviews. Screw it. I like these other movies. I'll check it out. Scott Pilgrim versus The World. Yeah. I sat there in that theater. I think there was three other people in that theater, and we all were laughing together at all the same... Like, we were looking around at each other, like, can you believe this? It was a huge empty theater, just me and, like, three other guys. And I I was giddy coming out of the theater. It was the best movie of 2010 for me. Uh, I will echo that Scott Pilgrim. I actually, on your recommendation, went and saw that in the theater, and I was the only person in the theater... I was it. That was it. And I'm like, uh, this movie is amazing. Why is this bombing? I I don't know. But why was it? Why, why did it bomb? I don't know. I, I Maybe something came out the weekend before or something big came out that week or it yeah. just nobody heard, not enough people heard of it. Uh, that's sad. So that's your pick too? No, no, no. That's a oh, runner-up. Okay. Runner-up is Predators, Scott Pilgrim. I also put down uh, Shutter Island. I think that was a very... Worthy mention. And I'm actually surprised that you didn't mention Tron. Tron came out in 2010. Tron Legacy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I, That was another one that I that was up for the best. I love that movie. Yeah. But, again, i got to give it a half a point i got to take away because of that de-aging CGI yeah. that looks goofy. It just doesn't... It, it has always looked goofy. And Scott Pilgrim is a 10. So yeah. I... Yeah. I, and it's... That's a sequel versus a totally unique film. Yeah, I I get it. I get it. I had to. I also uh, included uh, Disney's Tangled. I uh, I have watched Tangled. I'm not, have you seen Tangled? Once. Okay. I, I liked was, it. I I thought it was better than it was better than Frozen. It is. You know, it that movie is. Every time I watch it, it is hilarious. Everything about it hits all of the Disney beats perfectly, and that is a great example of Disney firing on all cylinders for this new generation. Um, I'm looking forward to, uh, that's actually one that I'm looking forward to watching again with the wife. She loves this movie and so do I. It's everything about that movie is great, but the winner for me is, um, and we're nearing the end, but it's definitely hollows part one, Harry Potter. Um, (laughs) eventually you're going to watch these and you're going to be like, once we get to these movies here, the, towards the end of the series, you're going to be like, yep. Oh, through the first 12, then I'll finally start liking them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's just because I love the book so much. Um, 
especially Deathly Hallows Parts 1 and 2 really capture the book so perfectly because they were able to space it out into two movies. So there's a little bit more breathing room and enough space to include a lot more of the books versus the last several Harry Potters where they had to cut a lot of the stuff out to make it two hours and 15 minutes long. Here, it's there's a lot of stuff in there, but I I love Deathly Hallows and I like how dark it is. So there you go. Best okay, I don't know. There'll have to be some kind of massive roulette game that we play where for me to rewatch those, you have to rewatch something. I don't know what. Oh, I don't know. Just what to get you know. to watch them all? Yep, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I don't know what would be comp... No, not that you get to rewatch them all, that you have to rewatch no, I something I tell you to... Yeah, yeah. I don't know what would be comparable to, you know, that many hours of my life, but I'm sure we can find something. Oh, yeah. Okay. 2011. I didn't have as many honorable mentions here, but the best of the year for me was easy, and I am 99% sure we have the same thing. Unless there's a horror thing I overlooked, but... Uh, runner-ups for me would be Hugo. I think that movie is wildly underrated. The peop- Everybody that I know that has seen it loves it. I love it. More love people it. should see it. Fast and Furious 5. Super 8. Mm, uh, ooh, yeah, good one. Hannah. Quite Another. enjoyed that one. Yep. Captain America, The First Avenger. Now you're going to start seeing more comic book movies. I've tried to avoid the comic book stuff, but you're going to start seeing them seep in here a little bit because there are some that I just can't help but love. But number one for me was Drive, of course. Oh, I'm I'm genuinely surprised. Why? Uh, um, I mean, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo is there. Um, oh, the original? The, the David Fincher version. I mean, but I watched the originals. I was more in love with those, and those, yeah. those were... Um, a TV miniseries that they cut in half to make movies of, so I del- I didn't add those either. You know, it's yeah. So I you know I just and that the, his remake was how what's the best word for that perfunctory. It it does its job, but I've seen this already. I I it was like the remake for Funny Games. I already saw this. Yeah, it's the exact same thing, and it's it's good. I'm not knocking it, but yeah, I like the original better. Gotcha. Um, okay, so runner-ups for me is first up, Hostel Part 2, uh, which I think was better in every single way than the first one. I I go to that one probably once a year. I, I love that movie. Um, and because I'm such an Italian horror fan, I love seeing that movie. Uh, every, it seems like every time I watch it, I pick up on another little nod to old-school Italian cinema in it. And I just – I love Hostel 2. Um, and also barely j- – just – Almost making number one was Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, but I'm kind of including that in Part 1, I guess. Um, it's it's an epic battle for two odd hours. It was great, but... Uh, we call that the Kill Bill effect. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it kind of is. Um, but I, I give 2011 uh, best movie of that year, Cabin in the Woods. Uh, oh, I missed that. Ooh, damn. That, yeah. that would have definitely been an honorable mention. Yeah, I I adore that movie. Every time I watch it, it doesn't get old. It's still funny. It's still gory, and that's a that's a great example of CGI that is well used because there is a lot of CGI uh, effects towards the end that in a horror movie can honestly sometimes make or break a horror movie. But here it it works perfectly. I loved it. It's great. Everything about that movie is unique and awesome. I love Cabin in the Woods. I agree. 
Um, okay, 2012. And this this was tough to pick just one, because there's four movies at le- probably on this list that I could make the argument for being best movie of the year. Uh, Dread, Amazing Spider-Man, Prometheus, uh, Life of Pi, The Master... What is that one? The Avengers, Dark Knight Rises, and Cloud Atlas. I could have made the argument for all three or four of those. Oh, man, I forgot about Cloud Atlas. Wow. Yeah. But I decided to give it to the one that I thought was most unique. And for me, that was Looper, which is a disturbingly dark little time travel movie. But it works, and it's great, and it's uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, man. That kid is going to win an Oscar one day. Yep, he was fantastic in that. Fantastic. 2012. Yeah, 2012 is a great year, seriously. There is so much fantastic, there's so much greatness in uh, 2012. Uh, I really like Sinister. I think that that is uh, a genuinely scary movie. Uh, and I know that you have your own cinematic story behind that one. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't bring it up. I'll have nightmares tonight. Yeah. Not necessarily because of the movie, though I could have from the yeah. movie, but the, the crowd around me was yeah. terrifying enough. Um, Life of Pi, I think, is uh, one of the best uses of 3D I have ever, ever seen. I love Life of Pi. Um, Skyfall uh, is another fantastic, fantastic James Bond movie. Um, but for me, um, runner-up just barely is Django. Uh, which Quentin Tarantino's Django. I love that movie. Oh, but, I, I, sh- I would have had that as geez, failing tonight. <laughs> um, but the number one movie for me is Prometheus. I uh, am one of the few that uh, adores that movie. And yes, it has a couple of maybe minor missteps, but uh, I love that Ridley Scott really went for it as a, it's alien, but it's not. And it worked. Um, and it sets up the whole mythology behind that. I thought it was, Brilliant, and unfortunately, early word out on the new Alien movie, which I can't wait to see, is it's uh, it's just another Alien movie. Now people are bitching. Oh, it's not Prometheus. Oh, that's, that's not what I've been hearing at all. Oh, early word from that I've been seeing is oh, it's just Alien redone. Why didn't they continue Prometheus? Because everybody hated Prometheus. I heard it was a, a both a standalone, but also a total follow up to Prometheus, a complete sequel, and I've heard that. Uh, yeah, well, I've been talking to people that didn't like Prometheus, and that did, both. The, I'm talking about my friends, not critics and stuff. Yeah. Like, people online. I've been reading what they've been writing. They've been saying stuff like, I hated Prometheus, but I like this one better. And then the, the people that are like, I love Prometheus, didn't, and this one is right up there. It's, I totally enjoyed it. So, I, I feel pretty good about a lot of the things they've been saying. Okay. But I, I remember sitting in the theater watching this. I still lived in uh, Florida at the time, and so I saw I saw it in the IMAX theater there, and it was everything about it. I'm like, I this is incredible. And every time I watch that movie, I'm still blown away by it, by, by the effects, the story. Um, it's just a great movie. Oh, I totally dig it too. So. Okay, 2013. This would be my slimmest year, and I don't know if that was because I haven't seen a lot of the movies or if it just happened to be that way there are some good movies here but so few and far i mean not few and far i don't know maybe i just haven't seen a lot of the movies uh wolf of wall street i'll give an honorable mention to i thought it was fairly tame i was kind of disappointed by it especially being so freaking long uh, it was yeah. good though thumbs up 
Rush, I thought was an underrated film. That's the IndyCar racing movie. Man, I've never seen that movie. You should give it a watch. It's a pretty good flick. It's real human drama and amazing race car action, too. Uh, Prisoners. Oh, damn. Okay, you got me on that one. I totally missed that one. Great movie. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, That was... Okay, well, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's it for my runners-up. But I'm giving the best movie of 2013. And especially from here on out, audience, take it with a grain. Because there's a ton of movies I haven't seen. And we're always... Everybody's playing catch-up all the time. Yeah. (laughs) But... I'm going to give it to the documentary Blackfish. Oh, I wow. I huh. thought that was an amazing documentary. I thought it was well made. It hit you in the feels like crazy and Ooh, it yeah, made yes. you want to lob grenades at SeaWorld. Definitely never go there again. <laughs> me too. Uh, but uh I'm going to give it to Blackfish. Nice. Boy, you threw me for a curveball on that one. Wow. I, f- I figured I would, but I'm not running back to watch Prisoners. I'm not running back to watch Wolf of Walls, you know. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, that's very true. I've watched Prisoners once. I adored it. I think I gave it five out of five, honestly. But I, I haven't rewatched it, and I don't know when I will because it's so heavy. Um, But, man, uh, Man of Steel, I'm surprised, didn't make your... Son of a bitch. My <laughs> best movie of 2013 is Man of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> I Man, I have missed a lot. Wow. Yeah, I, that would probably be the pick. Yeah. Sorry, Blackfish, but good luck in the ocean. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, that's good. Uh, uh, Man, Man of Steel, Oblivion is another runner-up. I loved Oblivion. Damn it! <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> One of the best scores of the last five years in a movie. That score was phenomenal. Um, I also had uh, Evil Dead remake. Uh, granted, I know, it's a horror movie. It's a remake of Evil Dead, obviously, but I've watched that movie more than probably more than any other movie in, that's come out in the last 10 years. I watch that thing all the time. It's ridiculous. Um, I'm giving props to 12 Years a Slave because of how well made it was, but that yeah. is one heavy movie that I... It's a Schindler's, Schindler's List. I'll watch that movie once, maybe every 10 years. Maybe. Um, and a little mention to Star Trek Into Darkness. It's not as good as the first one, but it is still better than a lot of people say. It's a good movie. But my favorite movie of 2013 is... Scarlett Johansson in Under the Skin. Um, wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, okay. Sorry, Man of Steel. Good luck on Krypton. Under the Skin. We are eye to eye on that one, my friend. Yep. That is one of the Man, Google uns- failed me in 2013. I mean, epically. <laughs> that um, easily would be my top. We, yeah. We've had this discussion. We have. I know. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised when you didn't mention that. I'm like, I wonder if you forgot about that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Blackfish, get out of here. <laughs> Blackfish has now been kind of... Oh, he's down to number three. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, boy. But the Under the Skin, if you have not seen that movie and you are a fan of the cinema, please watch that movie. It is uh, deeply disturbing, and it, it, it's such an original movie. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Fantastic science fiction horror, maybe, uh, but it's totally unique. Great movie. Wonderful movie. Can't wait to watch it again. Yep. Okay, let's try to not fail so much in 14. At least I got a bunch of honorable mentions for the next couple, so I think I'm safe. And what's uh, funny is I have none. Right, like I actually am right now, I'm like, I have to pull up best movies of 2014 because right now I have my favorite and that's it. I'm like, I have no honorable mentions? Oh, wow. That Okay, well, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm going to name all of them. So here we go. Lucy, that movie was much better on rewatch than I thought the first time. I enjoyed it, but 
much better in rewatch. John Wick, Godzilla, mm-hmm. Edge of Tomorrow, Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain America 2. I think those are two of the very best Marvel movies. I think they're probably one and two and interchangeable. Boyhood, Richard Linklater, that got my best movie of the year Oscar-wise, but The Guest. You remember The, the Guest? Um, no? Oh, yeah, you will in a minute. Look it up. <laughs> the Guest? Yeah. Oh, we both raved about that movie. It's a great movie. Look it up, The Guest. Okay. I can't remember the guy's name that made it. You'll, you'll notice... As soon as you see it, you'll be like, oh, shit. But the number one movie for me is Interstellar. Moving as all hell. Great score. Amazing. Just amazing on every level. And perfect use of Wes Bentley. He's there. He doesn't talk much. He dies quick. And we all can move on. (laughs) Yep. Agreed. That's my favorite. Yeah, that, that literally, that's it. Interstellar, that was an easy one for me. Like, oh, well, that's easily the best movie of 2014 for me. I uh, and, and we've had this discussion back when it came out on our on our show or even possibly back in the day on uh, uh, Cinema Sidekicks. But we kind of talked about where Interstellar, Interstellar falls in uh, his other movies. And have you has that movie kind of grown on you a bit more since then? I definitely forgave some of the complaints I had of it the first time around when I watched it again. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest hurdle for me, there's two big hurdles for me to overcome, and one is that you're not the characters don't get that it's time travel at some point, especially when you're like we're going through the wormhole. Oh, now I get it. That thing made sense. I should send a different message this time because yeah. I didn't get it the first. You know, obviously I didn't get it the first time, so maybe I should say something else. Uh, and the other thing is, and did he do this with Inception? He did. No, he did this with Dark Knight Rises. Nolan purposefully kept the score louder, so you had to strain or you know yes. to make it more prominent. Whatever. There were a couple of scenes in this movie where it was like, it feels unbalanced, and it's taking me out of the movie. Just, just, just a smidge. Just bring it yep. down a smidge, or raise the voices a smidge. Just even it out to where a, a little more balanced. But other than that. It's still a brilliant film and can make me cry every oh, single man. time at, at mar- multiple points. And then, like, I have a bunch of different pictures in a background folder on my computer, and they cycle through. And one of them was the scene right where the shit blows up, makes the module spin, and McConaughey goes in. says, we're going to do it. And he just charges in and starts spinning. And that instantly, I could hear... The music from that score, the where, where it swells right oh, there. Oh, I know exactly which part you're talking That's such a great scene. It's such a great scene, but that is like a moment from 2001. Yes. Like, you can hear that music so clearly just looking at that picture, and it just, it made, it started making my heart palpitate and making me yeah. sweat, because it's so intense. That is such a great movie. Um, yeah, and you're totally right. Uh, the Guest, I as soon as I clicked on it, I'm like, oh, that one, Adam Wingard's movie. Gotcha. There you go, Adam Wingard. Yes, yeah. that is a great movie. Uh, great movie. Check that one out, uh, dear listeners, if you have not seen that one yet. I really am a, uh, a uh, fan of his movies. Uh, Blair Witch, you and I both are fans of Blair Witch. 
And um, your, I really liked your next and some of the stuff that he did with the VHS series. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's a great movie. Can't believe I forgot that one. But Interstellar easily topped 2014 for me. Okay, 2015. This was another one that was easy for me. But there are still a lot of good movies in here, and a couple that everybody loves to hate that I'm going to defend, and screw you. Um, but for the runner-ups, we got The Hateful Eight, Sicario, uh, Star Wars Episode Seven, The Martian is a fantastic film. That, you could easily argue that to be the best film. I'm going to defend Jupiter Ascending and Terminator 5. <laughs> and with Terminator 5, that's just me and James Cameron on that flaming bench, so whatever, <laughs> at least it's me and Jim. Uh, but that's okay. I can deal with it. I cannot believe how much more I enjoyed that movie the second time around. It blew my mind because the first time around I was like, Bleh. but second time around I was like, I get it now. I see what you're going for and I kind of dig it. It kind of works for me. Um, but number one movie for me easily, Mad Max Fury Road. Hands down. Okay. Uh, wow, I didn't even I didn't even have Mad Max as an honorable mention, and it should be, but I just I didn't. And I looked at it, and I'm like, eh, there's a couple other ones that I liked more. Um, but it, Mad Max is a great movie. Uh, some of the runner-ups for me were Tomorrowland, which I watched again recently, and I thoroughly enjoyed. That's and honorable mention for me. Yep. Um, I really, really like Vacation. I probably might I might be the only person on earth that thinks that, that that's up there with the best but I every time I watch Vacation I laugh till I cry in that movie it's it's um people that say oh they just rely on on dirty R-rated raunchy humor yes and it's great I love that they fully embrace the R-rated the R-rating and it's just a raunchy comedy it's so funny and it makes me happy. I'm in a good mood watching that movie. So therefore, <laughs> honorable mention. Um, also, uh, straight out of Compton, uh, which I watched that after um, I, I watched that in 2016, and I'm like, oh damn, that's that's like that's right up there with best of the year. Not quite beating out my favorite. Um, it's between Bone Tomahawk and this other one. Bone Tomahawk is just it's narrowly beaten out by The Revenant. Uh, and I thought that The Revenant was a one-off where, where I adored it in the theater. Um, but then I rewatched it at home and I'm like, no, I actually still love that every bit as much as I did in the theater. So The Revenant is best movie of the year for me. But Bone Tomahawk, for those of you that like westerns and gory horror westerns, Bone Tomahawk is the movie. Yeah, that and Tomorrowland I knew you were going to mention, so I just let go. Oh, there was another yeah. one that you mentioned that I too was, yeah, definite thumbs up. But I just let it go because I knew you would say something. Gotcha. Okay, 2016. Uh, again, I don't have a lot of picks here, so that makes me nervous, because the last time I didn't, you filled them all in. Uh, <laughs> Deadpool, Doctor Strange, BVS, Rogue One, all fun. Uh, but I'm going to give my top props to Kubo and the Two Strings for 2016. Nice, all right. I loved that movie. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was brilliant, like dark children's movie. And it, the the artistry that went into making it is is jaw dropping, and I really can't wait to watch it again. It's wonderful, and I look forward to your review of it. Hmm. Okay. All right. Um, for me, a couple honorable mentions. Um, I really. Um, oh, let me just see here which one I want to really touch on. I, I don't want to say too much because um, you hit on a couple of them. 
Uh, I thought that uh, Moonlight is, was one of the that one best picture of the year, and it while not a movie that I'm going to revisit often, it is for a a lower budget movie. It is fantastic, very heavy, very emotional, and worthy. Of, that movie is worthy of a best picture nod and win. I I think that that was a great movie. But yeah, you mentioned some of the other ones: Rogue One, um, Captain America. Deadpool was great. Uh, there was, what's funny is I haven't watched Deadpool since the theater, and I I own it on Blu-ray. I have not given it a rewatch. I'd like to, but I'm just like, ah, I, I'm sure I'm going to really like it, but I'm not sure why I haven't hit play on it again. I like, was worried that it wouldn't hold up. Like all of the, There's so many jokes so fast, and they're all so blatantly filthy that it, it just would get tiresome, like a Beavis and Butthead sketch or something, but yeah. you know that you watch over and over. I rewatched it. It holds up. I was surprised. I was like, I still, I still enjoy this. I didn't. It didn't uh, like wear thin on me. It was good. Fine. Good. Um, so the best movie of 2016, though, for me is The Witch. Um, Son of a bitch. <laughs> you know what? I you now. Oh, what do I do here? <laughs> just let it ride. I'll just let it ride. Kubo wins. <laughs> But that's fantastic. Damn, I really yeah. screwed the pooch this week. Oh, you're good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what I like about The Witch is that it is wholly original, at least to me it was, um, with old-fashioned type filmmaking, I guess. Like, re- reliance on CGI is, I, I'm guessing, almost nil. Uh, and they really embrace that, like, we are making a movie set in this time and Everything about this is going to be is going to feel like that time, and it does. Like I'm like, I feel like I'm watching an alien world here. Like this actually was how people were back then. Maybe it's creepy, um, and the slow burn build up to an insane ending. It's it every second of that movie oozes evil and dread. Uh, like literally, like there's there's no happiness at all to be found in that movie. So of course I liked it, unless you're totally evil. Yes, <laughs> then it's like yay, yay, happy party time. Oh, um, but <laughs> I hate it on years like this where uh, there are two movies that are so fantastic, and like one is a kids movie and one is a totally adult movie because I can't pick. Even thinking about this between Kubo and the Witch. I love them both so much, and they both whisk you away to a magical world that you're just gone in the yeah. movie for the entire runtime. But I don't know. I've I've only seen both of them once. I'll, I'll need to. I would have to really rewatch both several times before I could really come down one way or the other. But Kubo is just so full of color and light and magic and warmth, and the witch is just grayscale, depressing, yep, terribleness. And they're both so. Good. Yep. <laughs> Man, that would be tough for me to... I'll stick with Kubo for tonight, but just because the witch is getting props. I have uh, no excuse for not watching Kubo, by the way. I It's it's pathetic that I have not watched that movie yet. Because... Well, it's not for your kids. You know what I mean? They're not yeah. old enough for that quite yet. It's, yeah. It gets... It's heavy. But that that would be good for you and the wife. I, mean, I would love to watch it sometime. I just... It's one of those where it, it's... I don't own it on Blu-ray. I know it's on Netflix, but I think it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. I don't think about it. And so... I will watch that movie. It's all good. No pressure. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to 2017. This was a really easy year for me because I've seen, I believe, one 2017 release, and it easily goes to the top of my list because I loved it, and that is Logan. Hmm. Okay. Double thumbs up. Really 
excellent film. Shockingly excellent, to be honest. Uh, and I, I really am curious what you'll think of it, because it's dark. Wow. Yeah, can't wait for it. I'm anyway. really looking forward to that. Uh, for me, a uh, couple honorable mentions. Get Out is extremely close to being best of the year so far. That is a uh, low-budget horror-type movie that uh, defied all expectations and did major bank at the box office, rightly so. It is a really good movie. Um, I really liked Split, especially with how things turned out in that movie. I, I really liked that. Um, for me, though, the best movie thus far uh, is Disney's Beauty and the Beast, which is... Uh, I gotta say, it's one of the best remakes I have ever seen. I adore that movie. I adore the singing, uh, like the, the songs in it, the pacing, which they take uh, an already classic story and they make it even bigger. And uh, it's fantastic. I, uh, the haters out there, sorry, Beauty and the Beast is great. I'm a Disney f- fanatic, and uh, they hit it out of the park with that movie. So yeah, and there, there was numerous times that I had teared up in that movie just because. A certain song would start, and you're like, "Oh, here's that song," and I'm like, "Why? I'm a I'm a 42 year old dude, and I'm getting emotional over be our guest." Ah, you're the, the, the teapot's dancing. Pass me the Kleenex. Yes, and I'm like, I'm not crying, Joni. I'm, I'm <laughs> I got something in my eye. Yes, <laughs> but it's so good. So there you go. That's and there's been a lot of quality film already in 2017. There really yeah, has. I just haven't gotten out to see it. <laughs> yeah, Guardians but there's some the coming later. Yeah, there's some coming later this year that I'm I'm going to be there for. Yep. Uh, okay, that's going to wrap it up. Are you happy with your list? We should I compile am. them and see go down the list. And I don't know. We already did that. It's <laughs> a great pile of movies, I guess. Yep. That was fun. Yeah. What's What's I, the next list list segment we're going to do? I don't know, but we're taking a break from lists for a while because. Just listing movies. <laughs> we'll figure something else out. Yeah, listy list worth. There yeah, that's right. That's I want to get back to the Wheel of Cinema and a bunch of other rabbit trail stuff that I have up here. That'll that'll be fun in the coming weeks. We'll do some more random stuff to break it up. We still we're we're really falling behind on the, our commentary schedule. We've been oh I know that. yeah that's coming soon. Yeah, we we have a list. People, we're working on it. Yes. We just want to pick the right movie. Now, where do you fall, before we get into the recently watched, where do you fall? We've both seen the new trailer for Blade Runner uh, with uh, Dennis Villeneuve, I think. Uh, what are your comments on the trailer? Fuck you, take all my money. Yes, there you that, go. That's that's my comment on the trailer. <laughs> that is such, like, please, no more trailers, that's it. That's all we need. That is uh, all we need. Yep. I could watch that over and over and over, and I'm like, this is better than most movies that are going to be coming out this year. Just this, this trailer. I have watched it over and over and over. <laughs> it looks so good. Oh, yeah. man. Anyway, there you go. I wouldn't be as jazzed if it was a director I was unsure of. But He is he is a great director, and the cast, everything about that, it truly feels like the trailer feels like a genuine sequel to the original. Like, I, like this feels like that world. Can't it does. Some, some of it made me feel like they're just repeating what they did in the first one, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I'm just speculating at a trailer, so who cares? Okay, are you ready for Recently Watched? Yes. I've got uh, two rounds here. That's what I'm doing. Okay. And I, yeah, you might be doing most of Recently Watched, to tell you the truth, because I've got two rounds, and I, 
we've already talked about him, so I don't want to spend too much time on him. I've been re in, in, rewatching stuff, and as we tend to do, you rewatch a lot of horror, and I rewatch a lot of comic book and sci-fi stuff. Um, I rewatched episode seven because it's been another three or four months, and I have to do that kind of every three and four months to just go back and go. Still not sure where I come out on this movie. Let me watch it again. This rewatch was quite interesting. I actually watched it a few weeks ago. I've just been bumping it back. But this rewatch was interesting. I actually made a couple of notes about it. Because I watched it after the last Jedi trailer came out. That's why I wanted to rewatch it. Okay. Because they said some interesting things in that teaser, and I was like, wait a minute. How does that work with this and this and that? Especially that vision that Ray has when she gets the lightsaber. That was what I most paid attention to. Okay. So I got three little points that I wanted to point out. First of all, uh, Snoke. When he... What's his name is talking to Snoke? This is a quote from Snoke. If Luke Skywalker is found, the new Jedi will emerge. Now that's an interesting statement considering that once they do find Luke, he's like, the Jedi need to die or go away or whatever he says in the, the teaser. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. And then I have two points with Rey's vision, the vision that she has of a bunch of flashy shit. You don't know what's going on. As I said before with uh, episode seven, I think we're going to have to, I'm going to have to see episode eight until I can make a judgment on whether or not I like this movie or it's just merely okay. Because there's too many unanswered questions. I don't know what the hell is going on. It doesn't wrap up. Uh, in Ray's vision, someone says, Ray. That someone sounds a hell of a lot like Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I listened to it over and over again. I rewound this part of the movie several times. I don't know what that means. I just thought it was interesting. Uh, the next thing about Ray's vision. At one point, Luke says, This is how it begins. Okay. What the hell does that mean? Because that's not the way it began for you. You found an old codger in the desert and started shooting little laser beams out of a tiny Death Star into in the Millennium Falcon. You hung out with him for five hours, he died, and you mourned him like you knew him your entire life. I, if, well, you Good didn't point. have a yeah. giant vision <laughs> yeah. explosion, so what are you talking about? He had a vision thing like that happen, but that was in... Empire when he was training in Dagobah. Yep. I, I don't know. So what is, I don't know what he's alluding to. This is how it begins. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Maybe there's going to be, I mean, everybody is all caught up in Ray's parentage. I don't give a shit. She could be Obi-Wan's daughter or Luke's daughter, or you know what? She could be nobody's daughter. I don't care. Which he, I and, wish and, that that would be actually be the case. I wish that it wouldn't be a thing. I do too. I don't know why everybody is so hung up on that. I, Whatever. I'm sure yeah. we'll we'll find out down the road. And then from the next movie I'm going to talk about here in segment number one, Rogue One! <laughs> I, uh, I watched this one in the theater by myself, I believe, and then my wife wanted to watch it, and I got the voodoo code, so hey, we're going to sit down and watch Rogue One. You wanna, do you want to watch it, honey? Do you know me? Yes. I, sure, why not? And the second watch... Holds up just fine. This movie kicks ass. And I kind of don't understand why some people say, oh, you can see the studio got their hands on it and chopped it all up. I don't get that feeling at all. It Not that it's a perfectly coalesced film and that it's perfectly smooth or anything like that, but 
It's fine. I, it's, what, what's the big deal? I, I give a big shout out to what is it, Gareth Edwards? I think yeah. is his name. Yep, Godzilla director. Yeah, he ha- has the touch for being able to show scale. He did it in Godzilla, and he does it here with the scale of the first of all the Star Destroyers, and then the Death Star, and you know the damage the Death Star does coming at the town. You know. Oh yeah. You get the sense of scale, and that's what a lot of directors miss, and why their films get criticized as being, oh, it's just a CGI blast fest. That's because they don't know the proper way to show scale, in my opinion. Yeah. Because it is overwhelming in Rogue One. Yes. Like, there are parts where it sends chills up your spine. Even though you know it's all CGI, you're still like, holy shit. The, uh... CGI Tarkin and Leia still pretty dodgy in my opinion but you just roll with it whatever yeah. the rest Leia of the didn't Le- Leia didn't bother me like Tarkin did because I probably because Tarkin was seen so much more in the movie than Leia was but uh, yeah it, it, probably it's... so but she looks way off really just, oh yeah both of those eh, you could have scaled both of them back that'd be fine yeah. The Vader scene is awesome. I, I'm not as in love with it as everybody else is. I mean, it works. It's great. Yeah, that's terrifying. It's cool. You could have done that for ten minutes, and nobody would have complained. Nope. <laughs> but it was just this quick little scene, and it works great, and that's that's that. So I still give thumbs up to Rogue One. still holds up for me, even though you know how it's going to end. Did you think that his mask, his throat area looked kind of weird? That might be just a nitpicky thing with me, but his mask, like his, I'm like, you don't quite look like you did in uh, A New Hope for some reason. Well, I mean, you know, it's going to be a different actor, and any person's going to carry themselves just a slightly different way, because it's, with him, it's a walk. It's not like uh, Donnie Yen in the Ip Man movies, and he selects to do a certain martial arts style. It's just... The way they walk. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what Vader does. He walks and kills. Yes, he does. <laughs> Quite efficiently. But I, I thought that Rogue One was fantastic. I'm looking forward to watch. I've watched uh, Rogue One and uh, Force Awakens both twice now. Only twice. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to watching them both. I'm gonna, Actually, I'm going to rewatch... Uh, well, yeah, four or five. I'm, I'm pretty sure this was my fifth viewing of Force Awakens. Wow, I've only seen it two times now. That's I'm crazy. Tell, every three to four months, I I go. Well, what about that one scene? And then I'm like, <laughs> I got to watch it again. <laughs> I still, again, I still give it kind of like an eight out of ten. I, I'm I'm giving it high. I'm really enjoying it, but at the same time, I'm like, I still don't know where I come out on this. Yeah. Because there are so many unanswered questions, and one of the one of the unanswered questions for me is not Ray's parentage. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I am right there with you on that. I'm like, I, it, I wish that they would make so that it doesn't matter. It's, it, it's, a, it's a non-issue. I think that would be cool. I agree, but the, the fans have taken to it so much, I, I think they're going to make it a thing. Yeah. I Who think knows? So he, they moved... Um, oh, what's his name? No, I've watched the movie how many times? Uh, Kylo Ren, they moved his scar... For the next movie, did you see that what? story? No, huh? In in episode seven, his scar is right down the middle, like the, of his forehead towards his nose, and Ryan Johnson moved it over to his eye. And there was a whole story about it. He explained why, because it just looked goofy over there. So I just moved it. Oh, it just like, oh, oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that's 
I, I'm surprised with with a with a series like Star Wars. I'm surprised that they would do something like that to where it's like, wait, now you're going to have the people that are complaining that it's not it's not. You're the surprised same. that they alter things in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's tr- yeah. <laughs> are we, so are we both going to? We're probably going to re- rewatch four, five, and six before the next one comes out. I would imagine. I don't know. I, I only have those on Laserdisc and VHS. I don't. I haven't. I haven't got around to that Blu-ray set because it's still like a hundred dollars, yeah, and expensive. I still am not quite willing to plop down the cash for that when it's not when it's the altered versions. Yeah, I'm still convinced that Disney is at some point will put out the unaltered, even though they keep saying, "Oh, we probably won't. Maybe, probably." Isn't that uh, amazing. Everybody wants those. It seems, but no. Uh, George Lucas ain't going to be around forever, my friend. And when when that ship has sailed, uh, eh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they won't even wait that long. At some point, they just got to be like, "Look, George, yeah, love you, paid four billion dollars, fuck off." Yeah, and at this point, seriously, money talks, and that would bring in so much money. Oh, they could re-release them in the theater. Everybody yeah. would go. The original theatrical versions, and then Blu-ray, DVD, whatever, then streaming. There, there is millions of dollars to be made yet on those, as we go through a countless, countless other format versions. Well, not countless. Maybe, maybe three uh, D hologram versions of Star Wars. They're re-releasing Terminator Two in three D. Yeah, anything's possible. I'll know. go see it. If it's in the theater, I'll go. Star Wars in the theater, I'll go see it. I went and yeah. watched the 3D version of Episode One. It me, sucked. Me too. But it was yep. still, Same here. It, it wasn't 3D at all, uh, but <laughs> yeah. at least to my eyes. No, like, me too. Whatever. But it was still cool watching a Star Wars movie in the theater. Like, yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nerds. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Over to you. Okay. So, uh, first up, I had tease about a couple of Italian horror movies, so why don't we jump on those? Starting off with 1991, Umberto Lenzi's Black Demons, and it is about Black Demons. Didn't you already talk about this on the show? Oh, yes, I'm sure. <laughs> no, no, I mean like two weeks ago. No, I just I just watched this movie uh, like two days ago. So you just teased it? Probably, yeah. But okay. uh, this is um, uh, everything about this movie is is terrible, but in the best way possible. This is this is what I was talking about earlier about how to make a bad, good Italian horror movie. It's I'm never bored, and the storyline is it's almost like it's old school, classic, late seventies, early eighties uh, Italian horror, but with even less money. And now we're into early 90s. And the more I watch this movie, the more I, I adore it. Because the acting is so bad. Uh, the effects are subpar. But something about it, it just it feels like we're trying to capture that old school feel. And we're not doing it, but it still works somehow. Um, and Keith Van Hoven is the main star. And I'm mentioning him because his name is great. Keith Van Hoven, I like that. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, but this is the movie with the line. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna die here like an idiot. I, yeah. What yeah, other movie? Oh, that's great. Um, but if you do, you want to know the storyline, or should I move on because it's about black? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, okay. you said African American demons. Yes. Okay. And then I also watched Zombie Four After Death. 
that's the sub whatever you want to call it the zombie four after death um this one here uh let me just pull this this uh wouldn't tape. all of the zombie movies be after death well you'd think yeah the the uh this one here actually starts with a uh a song called after death and it goes you know we're living after death wait a minute so so this is like manos again yes yes kind of okay. i guess um, directed by Claudio Fragasi, also known as Clyde Anderson, and I believe <laughs> that that is the Troll 2 director. Oh, right. wow. Yeah. Um, Very American name. Yes. I, I love that, his, that his, his name here in America is Clyde Anderson. That's great. I w- actually would like to have a shirt that says, you know, I heart Clyde Anderson. Um, and then, yeah. Anyway, um, so after death is these are the kind of ideas I'm looking for, dude. Because we we will be putting these things onto t-shirts and a and <laughs> I heart Clyde Anderson, or or, I, or the the little sticker. It says, "Hello, my name is Clyde Anderson." <laughs> Not associated with Fabrizio Fergazzi or yes, whatever. Yes, Claudio Fergazzi. <laughs> Did I say Fabrizio? Yeah. <laughs> And I kind of think that that's actually a legit like <laughs> Italian director name oh. here too. Okay. Um, so anyway, so this one here is about a voodoo cult thing on an island, and uh, there's experiments, and then the zombies come back, and a whole bunch of bad actors for no reason kind of show up at this island. One of which is a gay porn actor. Uh, you might want to cut that out. Jeff Stryker is his name, yeah, by the way. No, I don't know how you know that, but I'm just going to assume <laughs> terrible things and move on with my day. Let's move on. But yeah, he's muscle bound. But his his name is Jeff Stryker. <laughs> and he started movie, in Barbarians too. Yeah, in the in the movie he's known as Chuck, just Chuck. <laughs> so take that with a grain of salt. Um, things happen and it goes on far too long, and there's a lot of fog. And I loved it. it was, Have you? Yeah. Oh, really? I thought you wanted to oh, on the zombie awful. series. Huh? When did you quit on the zombie series? Well, this was uh, part five, uh, which is Killing Birds. That's the one that really was shitty. Um, which, Zombie 5 Killing Birds was made in 87, and Zombie 4 After after Death yeah. was made in 89. Yeah, I, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, but I actually quite enjoy, uh, obviously, Lucia Fulci's Zombie, which is kind of Zombie 2. Um, and then Zombie 3, which is... Directed by Lucio Fulci and Claudio Fagrassi. He's also a co-director on part three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then part four. Uh, but then part five got really bad with the killing birds. Which is like these vulture thing. It was awful. <laughs> uh, these. This, uh, why am I wasting my time talking about these? Back oh, to no, you. I'm fully enjoying this. <laughs> okay, I got one short round. You can have another round and then we'll be done. I teased last episode or two that I've been watching Red vs. Blue like crazy. And I have watched all 13 seasons. Again, don't freak out. I have not watched 13 seasons of a TV show. It's a web series, so every episode is a season, and that's about an hour and a half, roughly. And it's fantastic. It took me a couple weeks. It's leaving at the end of this month, or somewhere towards the end of this month. It's leaving Netflix, which is such a shame. Uh, they're actually into season 15 right now, I think, on on the web, but they only have 1 through 13 <clears throat> on here. What it is is, this was the origin, basically, of Machinima. When Machinima is the name given to when you use a video game to make uh, other art, or an, a TV show, or however you want to put it. Basically, okay. what they did is they ran around in Halo multiplayer, 
and would make the people's head bob when they're talking, and then they would record themselves like a podcast doing audio synced up with that and make a show out of it. And it's the funniest shit you've ever seen in your life. Uh, for you, sir, I'm saying watch the first episode. Okay. After that, I take I bear no responsibility. Seasons, they, they started this like in 96. So when the internet was in its infancy, don't quote me on that year, I might be wrong on that, but I'm just saying that when the internet was super young, so they... A totally different process for getting things to the internet. It was not what it was at, is at all today. Um, but that first season is the funniest season. Seasons okay. two, three, four, five I have on DVD, and they kind of trickled downhill a little bit for me. And so I didn't. I, I had no expectations for six and on. From six, seven, eight, nine in that area, it turns more into an action show because they are getting into Halo 3 and Halo Reach and Halo 4 and stuff like that where Halo, uh, when Microsoft released those, gave you more control over the multiplayer. So you could move a camera around and you instead of okay. having a, you could place objects. They also, I, at, they, at some point, they had to give these guys um, access to programming because they just, there's shit in here that's just flat out. Oh, let's design an action scene and two people fight for 10 minutes. And it's the most badass action scene you've ever seen in your life. So they really like the comedy got dialed down. It's still very funny, but the comedy got dialed down drama, thriller action went way up, like up enough to the point where it's like, I'm back into the show. Like just because I want to see what's going to happen next. And the action is so badass. Um, then let's see, 10, 11, 12, 13, the action still really good, still really good story, but everything planes off a little bit. I will totally watch more of this. I'm not telling you to watch this whole thing. I'm just asking you to watch the first one because it's one of the funniest fucking things that has ever been put out into media. Really? Oh dude, it's, I've, I have watched, I watched that. I blind bought it because I was like, this is so goofy. Like at a movie gallery in North Carolina, I think. I blind bought season one on DVD. Watched it with Ned and Greg. Mind's blown. This can't be this funny. We were just drunk. Watched it again. No, it's this funny. And it was a thing that I kind of took over their like space balls every once in a while. And we would just, well, we've watched this five times. Let's watch it again. I've watched season one so many times. The others, the following, like two and three, also very funny, but that first one is something else. And that's the only one that I'm saying that you should watch at least once is, is episode one of that. And it's going to be leaving, uh, I think, May 25th. So if you're going to watch it... Get on. Uh, yeah. And, and you're not hurting yourself. Season one is like an hour and a half. Wow, Okay. And you don't even have to watch the whole thing. I don't even need to sell you on the whole thing. All I have to do is say, watch 20 minutes of it. You'll be hooked. You'll, you'll watch the whole thing after that. There's no way you won't. It's so frickin' funny. Okay, that's okay. it for Red vs. Blue, seasons 1 through 13. I love all those guys at Rooster Teeth. Big props to them. And I would love to hang out with you guys. <laughs> have they done anything other than uh, Red vs. Blue? Or is that their They thing? have built an empire out of Red vs. Blue. Off nice. of that, they... They have. Uh, they are now a company of like two hundred plus people. What in Austin, Texas? Yeah, they they got on the internet when it was being 
invented. Yeah. Built this thing off Red versus Blue, and now have a dozen shows and the whole thing called First Subscribers. They do a podcast every week. They're up to over 400 episodes. I listen to their podcast every week. It's fantastic. And it's all the guys that did voices for the characters on Red vs. Blue. So it's their same filthy humor. I'm just raunchy. I love it. It's it's our, our kind of humor. Perfect. It's great. But it's one of those podcasts where it's much better if you're familiar with Red vs. Blue because you recognize the voices of the characters. Yeah. <laughs> So, oh, that's Bernie, that's Gus, that's, yeah, I get yeah. it. It's, I love it. I look forward to their podcast every week. If you guys don't listen to the Rooster Teeth podcast, go check them out. I'll give them a plug for free. I love those guys. Excellent. Okay. Uh, over to you. Last. Oh, I, also, I reviewed a documentary, The 7-5, on the Facebook page. Go give that a, a read. And excellent, excellent, excellent documentary. And you will totally dig it. Oh, you yeah. Need to that see is it. Oh. Reading your review, I'm like, yes, that is so me. It was great. Um, okay, last round for you. Okay. Um, I want to chime in on a movie that we have not, t- I don't believe we've talked about this movie ever on our show, although we both quite like it. And that is 1998's Deep Rising from Stephen Summers, uh, starring Treat Williams and Femke Jansen. Uh, along with a host of other perfectly cast characters. Wes Studi is in this. Um, I love this movie and watching, rewatching it on Blu-ray. Um, I'm like, you know, for a movie from 1998, this movie has not, uh, or has aged extremely well because CGI in the 90s is now a bit dated. Well, not a bit. It's very dated. But this movie here holds up incredibly well. Way better than I was expecting it to be. I haven't seen this movie in uh, in several years now. Or probably longer than that. Uh, but it is so much fun. It's an hour and 45 minutes, which when I popped it in, I'm like, I haven't seen this in a while. Like That's kind of long for this type of thing. It was never, never boring. Uh, funny the whole way through and gory, action-packed. I love the characters. It's... I I actually think I gave it four out of five stars on this most recent viewing. It's probably my favorite movie from uh, Stephen Summers. You're back! Damn right I am. Oh, it's... it's oh, the, the one-liners are so funny in this. And it, it feels like a B-movie. Like, we want to make a B-movie. How do we make a big-budget B-movie? The girl from Ipanema. Yeah. Oh, I love this movie, and I, when I saw it in the theater, or did I, I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theater. I could be wrong on that, but I thought that wow, this is the Pulp Fiction for Treat Williams. From we're gonna see a movie like this every year with Treat Williams. It's gonna be amazing. I can't wait. And Treat Williams went away, and Sci-Fi Films was born. That's kind of what happened. It was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I got this bullshit, and where's Treat? I, yeah. I don't like it at all. He's making the substitute part four or something. Oh, and the guns that they had in this thing were just badass, and oh, the, it was so good. And Famke Jansen was just a goddess in this movie because I'm like, 1998. Now I was a lot younger, obviously. I'm like, okay, well, that's the perfect woman, I guess. Oh, she re- she replaced Cameron Diaz in the mask for me. It was Cameron yes. Diaz in that red dress and the mask. Before her, it was uh, 
um, who framed Roger Rabbit. It was a yep. cartoon in the red dress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then her. Yeah, then like, the mask, whoa. and then her. Femke yes, and rewatching this one, I'm like, oh, I forgot. I forgot about you. And she's and she's funny in this. Everybody work. Everything about the movie works so well. And uh, again, the CGI. I can't believe that it held up that good there's a couple really, of i, I kind of recall the cgi in the end being bad it, it it looked good on your blu-ray yes on the blu-ray like uh, the creature itself looked great now them on the little uh not the jet ski thing whatever jumping or like ramping out of the boat i'm like oh or the, <laughs> the flaming and explosion yeah I'm like oh, okay but uh, other than that it was man that was a great movie it plays uh, into it. We need to add that one dorky guy to the the wheel of cinema for sure. Oh yeah! Whenever I see him, I damn. think of Lord of Illusions, the uh, the Clive Barker movie. But uh, me too. Yeah. Anyway, so it's great movie. Great movie. I agree. Um, and last, last but not least, I uh, actually finished it this morning. Uh, one of my early morning wake ups uh, was Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And this is the 1978 version from director Philip Kaufman, starring Donald Sutherland, Brooke Adams, and Jeff Goldblum, amongst others. <laughs> Leonard Nimoy is also in this. Have you you've seen this the 70s version, right? I own this film, sir. Okay. I've seen it many times. Good, good. Um, you know, uh, this is funny watching this movie uh, and just thinking of back in the days when PG movies uh, contained like. Heads being chopped in half and just full nudity, like just naked chicks walking around. I'm like, what? This is PG? Yes, from 1978. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It, it, this movie is utterly creepy, and at two hours, I never was bored. Never. Uh, this is one of those slow build up, like ratcheting the tension like every couple minutes i'm like oh i feel uncomfortable and then the the dog with the man face on it i'm like oh set the cheesy music and that makes it all the more creepy you remember that part oh it it's you know it's it has been a while since i've last rewatched it but it is this is one of those movies that's that's a nightmare for me an absolute nightmare because be careful where you lay down to sleep, or if you do, you might become part of them. Yep, don't fall it's, asleep. That's uh, terrifying. Absolutely yeah. terrifying. But it works on every level. I totally agree. And that yeah. ending, the first time... Whoa, it, man. I would, she goes running up to him, and I'm like, wait, 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 whoa, why did you split up in the first place, you dumbasses? And second of all, take it easy. I would be approaching approaching cautiously, yeah. and instead it's like, hey, hey, hey! Uh, Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And th- and this is one kind of like The Omen where that 70s feel uh makes the movie even better. Having that that feel like you can tell this movie was made in the 70s and it 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 works so well. Um have you seen the original 50s version? I haven't. Okay, I haven't either. I was just curious if you'd seen that or what about the Abel Ferrera remake? Was it a remake or a sequel? I think it was a sequel. Oh, invasion may- of the Body Snatchers too? Then maybe I don't know. I I figured that's the it. one where the thing is on the back. I think that that was uh, the Puppet Masters. There you go. My bad. Yeah. I'm confusing my Donald Sutherland movies. That's a good yeah. movie too. Yeah, it is very good movie. 
Um, but anyway, I love that there's there's so many of these, and the only one that I know that is utter shit is the invasion with um, Nicole Kidman and uh, James Bond. Was it Nicole Kidman or Naomi Watts? Oh, um, hmm. I didn't watch that one. Oof. Look That's it up. the one that they brought. That was Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig. They brought in the Wachowski. Wait, to, to Wachowski's to try and fix things, and it, no, nope, didn't fix anything. <laughs> well, we don't know how much that <laughs> they were that they used their changes or anything like that. Yeah. I just remember that was called the Invasion. I was like, ooh, cool, and then they're like, it's a remake of the Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and I was like, oh no, no, yeah. we've already got that. That it uh, they made it in the seventies with with Sutherland. It's good, and yeah. uh, Jeff Goldblum, who is uh, you know plays a weird guy in a science fiction movie. Imagine that. He's Imagine quirky. that. Yes, getting quirky. <laughs> yes, and and was that was the lady? Um, I forget, his wife in the original in the seventy eight version. I believe that she was in Alien. Um, oh, is it her? I see, I, I thought it was. Marion yes. Ravenwood, but yeah, I guess Veronica Cartwright. She was in. Uh, she was Lambert in Alien. Yes, that's who it was. Yes, that's who it was. So that movie is. Uh, I honestly, with my love of the seventies, um, this movie should be higher on my list of of favorite horror movies from the seventies because it is a genuine horror movie to me. It's scary, and for PG man, like that would be R rated in today's day and age. So. Yeah, probably. I need to watch it again. It's been a while. But There you go. Great movie. Any more you want to do? Uh, nope, that's it. Okay, coming soon next week. Well, coming soon anyway. Uh, Nocturnal Animals was a 2016 release that I got on DVD. I found it at a thrift store for a buck. They had a whole box of them. I didn't even know this movie was out yet. I remember watching the trailer, but I was like, oh, uh, this is out? It's $2. I'll take it. Thank you. Uh, give that one a watch. Hearts of Darkness, the documentary about uh, Apocalypse Now. The old one that uh, Coppola's wife, or Coppola's daughter made? Yeah. Okay. I got that on VHS. Oh, nice. Oh, and I, I, and okay. Hard Shell. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't resist that for 50 cents, so I'll be giving <laughs> that a watch sometime. I don't think I've ever seen it, but I'm looking forward to that. I'm still working on the new Mystery Science Theater 3000 and Jersey Boys, I believe was a Clint Eastwood movie. I'm halfway done with that, about Frankie Valli, another one of those music biopics I'm watching, and I will report in the future. Stay tuned. Uh, what's coming soon for you, sir? For me, I have the Blu-ray release of 112263 heading my way. Can't wait to watch ah. that one. Yep. I finally bit the bullet on that. I'm like, you know what? I it, I got it for cheap on eBay, and I love the book. And I've heard good things about the the series. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's time. It's time I plucked down the. I think it was 18 bucks. Like, let's let's check this thing out. So that's not bad for, for a series. Yeah, yeah. So looking forward to watching that one. And uh, Vincent Price's Mask of the Red Death. I actually uh, am going to be watching that one here soon. And my most anticipated one is rewatching yet again William Malone's Titan Find, also known as Creature on Blu-ray. Is it a widescreen? It is 2.35 anamorphic widescreen director's cut. I um, almost might have to borrow that from you because yes. the version that I watched was a full-frame pan-and-scan YouTube yep. uh, dub thing that was 
god, like I couldn't even look at it. Yeah, this one here is, and I popped it in my player, and it's from a company I've never heard of before. I'm not sure, but SGL, whatever. It's a, it's called the Triple Sci-Fi Terror Collection or something. It's got Slipstream with Mark Hamill in it. Is that something? Do you ever hear of that movie? Yeah, I watched that movie. I rented that from the cupboard back and in the day. It's on there. It's a time travel movie with Mark Hamill. I barely remember much about it other than I'm like, he doesn't have a lightsaber. This sucks. Oh, okay. Well, that's on there. And then Creature, <laughs> and I, I'm like, wow, that is a like, major anamorphic widescreen, and it looks pretty good. And it's, it's uncut, so I guess there's more... Hopefully gore. Um, and then there's another movie on there that Bill Paxton, or, uh, yeah, Bill Paxton has a role in, which I'm not sure what it's called, but it's on there too. So I'm going to watch all of those gleefully. Oh, I can't wait. That's my, like, ooh, that's my, that's my... Cream of the crop. Yes. I, yeah. I, especially Creature. I can't wait to watch that movie uncut in HD. Finally. But you're more than welcome to it. At some point, maybe October. Yeah. I keep mentioning this, but maybe October, because I need as many as I can to count towards my uh Because yeah. <laughs> you, you did like that movie, right? I mean, I think you enjoyed I that movie. Can't, boy, I can't remember. I kind of feel like I was like, eh, but part of it, I, I think I said part of it is that it's so bad, I can't tell what's going on half yeah, the time. Yeah, it was it's awful. So dark. The transfer was awful. Yeah. So. We'll see. That's all right. You you rewatch a hell of a lot of horror movies and... Uh, Damn if I don't rewatch a hell of a lot of stupid comic booky and sci-fi bullshit. Uh, but I've been feeling a rewatchy itch coming on where it's like, ooh, I need to watch that again. And then I'm like, oh, I gotta watch shit for the show that's new. I know, me, oh, me too. And then I'm like, bah, but still, I could watch Black Demons again. It's one for one for me. I, I hey, I watched the seven five checkmark brand new review. Yep. Might be time for Batman v Superman again, <laughs> or some other uh, equally ridiculous shit. <laughs> and that and that's what makes us movie freaks. <laughs> uh, see you next week, dude. Yep. Bye. Thanks for listening.